right, the Mojack boys are back, ready to talk some football. Um, just did a basketball episode, uh, splitting it up tonight. Uh, we, we were going to go short on basketball, but I think we long anyways. Uh, we'll have to talk about it since we haven't been together for a couple of weeks. <laughs> but, and, and I'll just go ahead and I want to just say, I know it's going to be the football one, but just how do we not talk about Perez? Oh my gosh, that is true. <laughs> just absolutely absurd. Well, we'll just talk about that real quick before we get into football. So, Perez, yeah. I mean, is there any if if we were if it was any other school, would this be happening? Well, didn't guys get approved at other schools that yeah. went well, to Manhattan? I heard that Manhattan guys who were at other schools transferred to Manhattan and were made eligible. Absurd. Yeah. I hope he stays because they need all the help they can get right now. But yeah, but he's uh, older. I'd say I I would bet that he goes overseas and starts making money. Yeah, just conditions for a year and just kind of unless boys in Iowa era, unless True. we can pull some money together and say, hey, he we'll might, pay you. Might be able to make more here than he would overseas. Because so. let me tell you something: that Kansas game in the pregame when he was at, he posted a clip on his social media, and when our student section. Was chanting Jose, 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 Jose. Did y'all see that? I did not. Oh man, it was, I was like, I need that man to get on a streak in the Coliseum and our crowd start chanting that. That'd be awesome. So, but yeah, I, it, it makes no sense. NCAA is just a joke. That's why eventually, um, you know, hopefully it's gone. But you never know. <laughs> but but yeah, with the fo- uh, football episode, we'll go ahead and you know, it's hot topic recruiting. Uh, boys, I was able to kind of experience a day trip at, with a recruit. As a family member, I went up there and uh, uh, got to experience the whole thing. So, y'all want to hear about it? Got any questions yeah. about it? I'll just tell y'all about it. I'd kind of like to hear a breakdown of kind of what it, you know, what the day's like, what the coaches talk about, what they kind of lay everything out. That'd be uh, To me, it's interesting. Yeah, so, um, you know, walking in – was stressful for reasons, you know, uh, our family audience, re- for family, family reasons. Yeah. Reasons. <laughs> uh, you know, people tend to tr- show their true colors, but walking in was stressful. But then, you know, coach Wright, Dante Wright was there. Uh, Taylor, who's the director of, uh, on-campus visits was there. Uh, you know, they greet us, take us straight to breakfast. So I walk in there, uh, Jeff Castile sitting right there. So I immediately, you know, Boyd. Huh? Van Boyd. Oh, yeah. I was like, hey, it's Coach Castile. So I'm literally – I talked to him for probably 10 minutes because it kind of distracted me from all the crap going on uh, with the family stuff. So I talked to him. We go sit down. Um, we eat with Coach Wright, a couple coordinators. You know, they're talking. You're just eating breakfast. They, you know, cook – and we've been to the training table uh, before when we had a family member getting recruited up there in high school when they feed you – that was when Dana was there, like pregame and stuff. So we go in there. We eat. It's delicious. Uh, it's good food. So then we went from there, and they begin the uh, tour of the whole building. So I think we went straight from there, and then, I mean, you guys know I'm ADHD, so I'm not going to be able to tell you an exact order, so I'm just going to get the highlights. Uh, we go down to the uh, nutrition place that where the nutritionists are. It's right off the locker room, um, and – Boys, these guys have an app called uh, 
maybe red card or something like that. The money is loaded onto their app and they can order food from pretty much any restaurant in Morgantown. Right. Really? And order it straight from that app. And the money is already on there for them. You know, it can get delivered to them and they just go, they break down how they literally, um, how the nutritionists take care of their bodies, how they meet their goals, what they're allowed to eat, uh, how they stay on top of them. The one main nutritionist there that day said, you know, you know, if you come here uh, and you decide to go to school here, we know that, you know, going to a new, uh, new grocery store can be stressful. We'll go shop for you with you. The first time I'm like, these guys are living the dream. Uh, so they just go over all that information about how, you know, all the food is provided for them all the time, uh, top notch, uh, whatever they need to make sure that their bodies, that's the biggest thing I got from that. Like these guys are taken care of. Like if they, if you want to be good at West Virginia, you can be good at West Virginia. Like they have everything you can want as far as nutrition wise to make sure you're meeting all your goals, your, uh, you know, not if you drop weight, like they have this tracker for you. If you're dropping weight, you're not weighing what you're supposed to weigh. It's kind of crazy. So that was the nutrition part. And then we went back to kind of like uh, where the rehab was and stuff. So they have all these state-of-the-art machines. I couldn't even begin to tell you. Like it takes a picture of you and just scans it. And huh? hydrotherapy, cryotherapy, all the cryogenic crap. Every kind of therapy I think you could ever imagine was there. Uh, one of the neatest things was, was like, you know, you get on this thing and like molds your feet and like takes a picture of your foot to make sure you have the exact right cleat on and, you, you know, just crazy stuff like that. And then they had the machine, like if you're hurt, that they make molds. Like uh, I, they said a running back. So I'm assuming it was Justin Johnson. Did he hurt his chest or sternum or was it uh, or was it uh, Mathis? I thought Mathis was an elbow. So. so I think it was when Justin Johnson was out. They said basically they made him – they didn't mention his name, so I shouldn't say it was his name, but they said they made a running back like a chest plate out of this stuff, and he looked like Batman on his chest to kind of give him that extra protection. But it was just like oh. all the state-of-the-art things to make sure like pre – right when you get in there and they test you on the first day, if you're at your full max capacity – like, and then you get injured, they do that too to kind of make sure, you know, you're back where you should be. And it was just, it was just kind of crazy. All the equipment, the technology, uh, what's available to those guys if they want to get healthy and all those things. And, you know, they got the, the swimming pool, the cold pool, the hot tub, everything. I mean, so that was just super impressive how, and then uh, our family member even like, so wait a second, you guys have a, uh, a graduate assistant with each position group. And he went to another power five school, like, you know, an athletic trainer with each position group. He was like, I think uh, at my other school, we had like three for the whole team. You know what I mean? So that's even like, this was an ACC school compared to what WVU has. Um, You know, we, we have the facilities to compete, I think, you know what I mean? But I'm telling you the most impressive part of me as from the, like touring the facilities uh, you had the nutrition, then you had, you know, the, the medical part of it, but what blew me away was freaking Mike Joseph. Okay. So there's a reason why 
the dude has survived uh, Bill Stewart, right? Uh, Dana Holgerson, and then he's with Neil Brown. Like typically, that doesn't happen. You know, if you no, have if you have a new coach come in, they're going to want their guys in there. But Mike Joseph has been able. You know, he's a West Virginia guy. Um, so he's been able to survive these three coaching changes. And there's a reason why people say, you know, he's one of the best in the business because, man, we toured the locker room. We did all that. Then we went in his office, which is massive. Uh, when we were down in, and I know I forgot to say all this, you guys got mad at me because I was, I was a little out of it for a few days. Cause I, it took me a second to process everything that happened because I was so pissed off during the visit that, uh, you know, Zeke Rose was in there working out. Uh, Darius and Dante was in there working out. Uh, JT Daniels was still working out after he had already said he was in the portal. Uh, so that was kind of neat to say. We we also – I saw C.J. Donaldson kind of rehabbing. He was happy because they said uh, he it was his first time off the scooter that they made him do. He could actually walk out of there. Um, and then we, we also saw some of our previous, like, Sully uh, – Big Mo was great. He talked to me for a while. I told him, hey, we're from the Mojack. He's like, oh, man. He gave me a big hug and stuff. It was like crazy. But so we saw all those guys in the locker room. We go and sit in his office. And his, like, uh, his presentation that he gives recruits when he's in there, man, is just kind of unreal, like what they do for them as far as uh, their whole goal. And they tell you that. They were like, so I pull the top guy from the NFL and I show you what his numbers are. And if you're that position, then that's if you want to go pro, this is where you need to be. And he says, we work towards that goal as far as body weight, everything, strength. And I monitor everything you do. And they give them these rings to wear. Asbury, have you ever heard anything about that? Yes, I have. So it's... the rings, it tracks their sleep. It tracks everything. So they literally, when you hear Neil Brown in like the offseason say, He's really not doing what he's supposed to do as far as, you know, uh, nutrition and sleep and everything like that. It's because they monitor literally everything these guys do. Um, but my, and Mike Joseph just said, you know, while you're doing a workout, we go and we evaluate where your heart rate was, how much strain it was, and all this other stuff. And, um, you know, I can tell if you're slacking or not. It basically is, you know, what he said faking like you're working hard <laughs> yeah he said there's no you know I, I can see all that but then it also you know with the gps stuff during games and stuff that they do they they you know they track how much you ran uh, how tired you are and then literally he said the day you come in we have a program we have it designed for you how to get back to your peak performance by the following week so it's like and then even the person that we went, I went on the visit with said, you know, I played against a power five team in the ACC, had 90 some plays. There was no like individualized plan for me. It was just, hey, we got a team workout and they worked the hell out of him on a Sunday after he just had 90 some snaps against a top 10 team in the country. And and then, you know, Mike, no, no, it, you know, if you, if you would have played 90 some snaps, we would have eased you back in. That way you recovered enough to be at full capacity and full strength by next Saturday. So, like, just stuff like that. And then he had body, like, uh, you know, before and after, like when they got there, even a summer. Uh, you know, Kaiser White was up there, was one of them. 
Uh, oh, shoot. Asbury helped me. Uh, what was the wide receiver? Florida State. Maybe in Campbell. Yes. His before and after was freaking crazy because he said, you know, he had a lot of injuries, uh, didn't really take stuff serious. He got in there and it was his last chance. And his before and after from when he got there to when he left was nuts. Uh, but then it kind of went back to even like Keith Tandy. He showed cut some of those guys before and after um, and just said, you know, these guys are in the league now. Well, Campbell, I think, was maybe just a special teams guy, but, you know, Kaiser and all this other stuff. The, their whole pitch was, if you want to go to the league, we have the tools to get you there. You know what I mean? So, uh, so he was definitely the most impressive part for me about the visit. Like, the facilities, everything we do for these guys. And it honestly, I told you guys this afterwards, I was just like, it kind of pisses me off we've been losing. You know what I mean? It's like we have all the tools to be competitive. I'm sure all these other schools do too, but it's like if you do the right things, you should be pretty good, you know? Uh, So then after we left the facilities, because the Mike Joseph one probably – we were with him about an hour, I think, and that was definitely the longest one. So then we go back upstairs, and (laughs) we're sitting there, and it's time for us to go see Neil Brown. And they're, like, making us wait outside, you know. And I almost felt like it was a scene from The Godfather. Like, they knocked on the door, and then they slid, like, these doors open. He's just standing there looking at you, waiting on you to walk in. You know what I mean? So uh, so we go in. We talk to him for a while. And, uh, like, here's, here's the part that I really, like, respected about him. And about the visit, like his office is obviously amazing. It's overlooking the, the field and everything like that. They were, they were blatantly honest with the family member that we went and said, you know, um, you know we're, we're going to evaluate this. Uh, we just kind of want to get to know you. Uh, you get to know us. But it was a little bit of an awkward encounter just in general because I don't think there was clear communications. So I would like to see him with like, other recruits that I didn't have ties to. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, he's obviously a good recruiter because look at the classes we've just brought in the past two years. But it was a little bit awkward because there was expectations of an offer maybe being given and that didn't happen. So when it was pretty evident, like, uh, it didn't happen. And Neil Brown, like, when I say – when they say he's like a nerd as far as, like, film and all this stuff, I mean, he was – the family member I was with, he was literally like saying, hey, I watched this play against, you know, NC State. Da, 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 da. And, like, and he was naming off specific plays about, you know, good strengths and weaknesses and all that. I was like, oh, my gosh. So we didn't know. It was basically like a job interview, and we didn't know it. So that's the miscommunication to where, you know, if we would have known that, maybe things would have went a little differently. But uh, super nice guy. Uh, sat and talked with us and everything like that uh, and was honest. And that's really, I mean, what else you want to be? I mean, he was just honest about it that. So we met with him. That probably lasted about 20 minutes. So we leave his office. And I don't know if it's like this for everybody. Then we go to the safeties room with Dante Wright. And, you know, he's got like snap counts on the board about uh, players returning, players that are – gone and potential people coming in and what they did was we sat there and watched film for i think 45 minutes 
of who the competition that our the family member would have had to go against to maybe earn playing time and showed him, you know, their good plays, their bad plays. So you could see exactly if you would have went there in the spring, um, you know, who you would be competing against and, you know, showed him game film and then would try to like quiz him on what he just told him. So it was like a film study to kind of see his football knowledge. You know what I mean? So, uh, but Dante was, you know, down the earth guy and was very honest. And I loved every second of like seeing the coach's angles of the films. Like he started with the pit game on a couple of the guys and just worked his way to like, I think we mainly did the beginning of the year, what they wanted the defense to look like. And then they showed him some games where it had fallen off towards the end, if that makes any sense. So, I mean, it was a great, as far as that goes, it was great. And then obviously the coolest part, once we left there, we went downstairs for the photo shoot, which is obviously top notch. I mean, y'all have seen all the photos that comes out of there, right? Oh, yeah. So we left there, uh, did the photo shoot, went out on the field, did all that. I've been on the field before, but it's still pretty cool. It was empty. Uh, like I said, my whole the whole experience for me was tainted, and it wasn't about me, but it was like I was just so mad the entire time that uh, I didn't really get to take it all in. So I'm probably hit, miss, and scatterbrain. But after that, uh, we had a final, like, meet and greet with Dante and then one of the recruiting because he had to get back on the road. This, uh, the visit was at the beginning part of December, I think. So it was honestly, Dante stayed in town from recruiting to host just, I mean, it was just us. There was no other recruits there that day. There were some players there that hadn't left yet after they'd taken finals. So then we had a final uh, meeting with him real quick. See you later, because he had to get on the road. And then one of the recruiting girls, uh, don't remember her name, one of the girls that work in the recruiting part of it, took us on the campus tour. And uh, that was pretty much it. And then we left. Family member didn't get an offer. And it is what it is. You know what I mean? But that was pretty much, y'all got any questions? I just rambled for almost 20 minutes. <laughs> well, I was taking it in because, as you said, you really didn't tell us 90% of that. That, that was the first time I heard most of that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, in sitting here listening to it, I just get pissed off all over again. <laughs> well, that's why. How things uh, out. Yeah, that's why. I mean. Uh, and I, and uh, it's, not, it's not that I'm pissed off at West Virginia. Nope. Um, it's more so how the family member handled it and you know because he had communications and yeah we won't get into no and i was there and it, it it's a very like it's close anybody that follows us on instagram is going to know who it is and they probably won't listen to this it's a very close family member so when i tell you like they said hey we want you to come in for spear if you come here and we're evaluating <clears throat> two other transfers we're going to bring them in for visits. We'll let you know by the weekend. So they literally brought one of them could make it. The other one did it. Coach Wright called first thing mo- morning. First thing Monday morning and said, hey, I told you I'd call you on Monday. We need uh, – we wanted to get one more guy in, and we didn't get to evaluate him yet, which is everything they told him on the visit, and said – you know, when are you planning on doing it? Albeit, you know, the, 
the family member ended up just by visiting West Virginia because it is a respected name, got offers from Virginia and Virginia Tech. So when he said, I'll call you on Monday or call you the weekend, he called first thing Monday morning, said, you know, the family member said, well, I kind of want to wrap it up. He said, well, your decision now doesn't have to be your final decision. It is what it is. I am not, and you all know, I'm pretty loyal to West Virginia. Like, yeah, we suck right now, but, you know, I'm pretty big. I'm in it. Like, I'm never going to change teams. That's not what I do. It's not who I am. I've been a West Virginia fan my whole life. Uh, So, when I tell you I'm 0% mad at WVU for how they handled that, I am 0% mad at WVU for how they handled it. Well, they, I, yeah, they called and said, hey, I mean, it, it's it's one thing whenever, well, they were the only ones that was 100% completely transparent and honest and not oh. kissing <laughs> someone's ass. Let, let's just so. say this. You got Memphis rolling in, telling a kid, and this is a true story, six I fig- can get you a six-figure NIL deal. Guess what? On that visit, NIL wasn't even really mentioned. Oh, we did meet with the academic person, too, and that was – that was a great experience. That's actually where I think where we went after breakfast. I told you I was ADHD, but yeah, you had Memphis saying money. I'll get you six figures, but I'm like, so we had to literally the whole recruiting from high school to college of this family member has been botched. And you know, it's not my, it's not my kid. And I'm not trying to live my dream through my, for through a family member. Right, Bubba? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it is what it is. I'm 0% mad at West Virginia. Would I have liked to see a family member playing for WU? Yeah, but probably not because then we would have never heard the end of it if he wouldn't have played. But unlike the school he committed to out of high school, which said, uh, we're going to build our defense around you, you're going to play immediately. And that didn't quite transpire the way it was had. And, you know, we told him, hey, they're, they're probably lying to you because they just want you to commit. You're an underrated kid from West Virginia. There's not a lot of Power 5 kids, but – you know, what do we know, Bubba? What do I know about recruiting? So that just kind of is what it is. But I'm not mad at West Virginia. Uh, they were honest. Uh, they said, listen, it, this doesn't have to be your final decision. And then I, we don't know if West Virginia reached back out to make sure he was confident in, you know, wearing that god-awful green. But it is what it is, boys. Haven't, haven't asked. Don't really care now at this point. <laughs> no. No, I will uh, – if my youngest, if Beckham does not play football, I will renew my season tickets because I'm a Mountaineer, baby. That's just all there is to it. So, that's all with the recruiting part of it. So, next part was uh, Asbury. My voice is tired. So, how <laughs> about you? Uh, let's go over some portal losses and additions. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people probably know a lot about the losses. Um Everyone. There's, yeah, I mean, there was there's a bunch. You can start off. In 14. Yeah. I mean, you had, what, Mumu and Charles Woods early on. Uh, Michael Laughlin, which I think, personally, I think he's just done with football. He's just looking to see if, I guess, maybe if the perfect situation come up. But some walk-ons. You got Reese Smith. You got Will Crowder, which you knew a quarterback was going to leave. He went to I'm Troy. He did. He went to Troy. Ree Smith ended up going to Liberty. And Jordan White. Uh, and Jordan White. Who went to UConn? Which one went to Moomoo? That was Moomoo. That was Moomoo. What the frick? I don't I know. I don't know. Charles Woods went to SMU, which that everybody knew that pretty much as soon as he entered the portal. So 
You got some other guy. You got well. You got JT Daniels with the Rice. Is that uh, not crazy, for, guys? Can we just talk about it? I mean, JT Daniels was the number one quarterback in the country. He goes to yep. USC, gets hurt. Goes to Georgia, gets hurt. Comes to WU, and he's going to end his college career at freaking Rice. Rice. Yeah, that's you, had, that's you got Kate, the shocker of the world. Caden Prather goes to Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, and, that uh, one hurt, guys, because I think Asbury knows, even on the message board, that he was one that we thought we were keeping. So maybe he just didn't have the balls to say, no, I want, I want to go, you know, a little closer to home. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, rumors of there's tons of rumors out there, which they're rumors. <laughs> which, uh, he also lost, you know, I mean, you lost Stan James, and which I get it. You got Stan James and Bryce leaving. You think you'd be the number one guy, but you've had a bad team. Um, maybe he just wanted to change and go home. I don't know, but I think it's a big loss. But at the same time, I mean, he showed flashes, but. He was never, in my mind, like an elite guy. No, I think I think he had a chance to be. Caden, no. Yeah. Um, no, he never really had. Like, how many games did he have over a hundred yards? Yeah, I mean. So you got everybody left. Jordan Jefferson to me is probably the biggest loss. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's a huge loss. Our defensive line does not look. Very good with what we had loot, what we were losing anyways, and then him leaving that that's a huge loss in my mind. But all right, hold on, let me say this because the Prather thing was part of the visit that Neil Brown kind of said. Um, now I'm coming back because I got mad when we sat with him. He said, You know, let me just kind of recap my time at West Virginia. We're right at 500. Uh, we are uh. Uh, going to go with the quarterbacks. We're going to go back to a mobile quarterback is what he said. And then he said, we're kind of cleansing the wide receiver room because attitude wise, chemistry wise, it has not been what I wanted it to be. And it hasn't been good since I've been here. All right. Well, well they, they, they cleansed it. Cause we don't, got, we don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We can, we can say from our sources, um, not giving away any names, but Prather was a little bit of a uh, <laughs> drama. Yeah. Yeah, dickhead. So if you yeah. want to say, no one really got along or liked or whatever. <laughs> so that's pretty much all the losses. Uh, kind of starting off what we brought in. Obviously, you know we need we needed defensive backs, especially corners um, and safeties. They brought in that uh, Montre Miller from Kent, who by all standards is supposed to be very good. So now he. Good okay. ch- According to the transfer, you know how they restar them. They gave him a four star, right? Yeah, he got a four star. Yeah, um, and, and his grades were all great. Now you know he's coming from Kent State, so the, the competition's not quite the same. But he shows the skills to come in and compete right away. Um, we got ourselves a tight end. You know LSU, Cole Taylor. You know. From what you look and read, he's supposed to be a pass catcher. He didn't put a, I mean, what, 16 catches in like three years at LSU. Um, He has the tools. Potential is huge. He's like, what, six foot seven or something like that and can run. But we'll see if that translates. Hopefully it does. Uh, Let's see here. Next big one that we got. Uh, probably the biggest one is the wide receiver. We uh, got, what was that, two days ago they announced? Devin Carter. 
Um, we were on him early. We lost him initially to Penn State. Uh, didn't really hear much about it at all until two days ago. All of a sudden, he flips over, and uh, he's from NC State. Um, and decommits from Penn State and rolls the view. So he's kind of you know, a big receiver. Um, hopefully he can come in and you know step up right away as a big I mean, possession receiver. Do you think he sees our depth chart and says, well, you know, Penn State just won the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I can probably for sure go play right away at West Virginia. You would think so. I mean, that's my thought process is maybe he just decided that was a much better situation. So. Um, and then we also picked up uh, uh, Jay Sean Polk from Kent State. He was the second of our Kent State guys that we got. You know, wide receiver wise, I mean, he's uh, I guess he's kind of a shifty, smaller uh, slot receiver type guy, right? But I think his big impact's going to be in the return game. He is kind of thought as being kind of a, a very high end. Uh, elitish type return guy. So I think that's where he's going to make his biggest impact with us. And then outside of that, uh, Keyshawn Cobb is the safety who they, I think they ended up bringing in for the spear position uh, after your you know, monologue a few minutes ago. Well, yeah, and that's, that's what's hard too because that guy wasn't even on the radar for one of the people that, you know, the no. Florida transfer and then <clears throat> was it Texas a- Tech or Iowa? Whether I think there was three or four, yeah, yeah, that they ended up giving offers to. None of them even really sniffed with the view. Yeah, uh, the Cobb guy actually, because we talked about this, the Cobb guy actually got the offer the evening after your family member <laughs> um, made his commitment. Yeah, so so Mountaineer just... fans, if you listen to us <laughs> and you see anybody say Neil Brown doesn't, you know, treat West Virginia kids with respect, I'm tired of it. It's bull crap. They were honest. Uh, and if, you know, if they weren't done, they would have been. Yep. Yep. But he does, uh, the, the Cobb guy does look good um, for the, what they wanted. He looks like he's made to be that position. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's not rated real high, but he, you know, he played pretty well at Buffalo. Hopefully he can come in and you know, give quality snaps there. Uh, got a kicker. It looks like he's probably going to be the, I'm assuming, the kickoff guy and get to compete for field goal. But uh, I'm assuming they're just bringing him in to be a kickoff specialist, kind of like they did with the guy from Florida State. And then we picked up uh, two defensive linemen, uh, one of which was, I guess, one of the ones we really went after, uh, which is the – I can't remember where he played at first uh, – but he transferred down to Tennessee State, was like an All-American, and now he's got one year left and picked him up. He's, he looks like he's a, probably a pretty good pickup. And then um, we just got one from Penn State, who I don't think really has played too much. I think he's just looking for a change of scenery. Yeah, but he's a big body. Depth, like big body, pounds, right? depth guy, but you know, couldn't get on the field really at Penn State. So we'll see kind of how he can come in and compete. But – we need we need bodies on the D line because it went from being something last year that we thought was going to be an extraordinary position and ended up being a good position, but it didn't. I don't think it turned out quite as good as we thought it was going to be to a very weak position coming yeah. into this year. So, well, we'll see what happens. Like even with the Tennessee Tech guy, I, I can't remember 
like you guys know, sometimes when we play these FBS schools, there's guys that stand out. It's like oh, that dude, that dude could play for us. Oh yeah, definitely. And he, so like, I don't care about that. If you're like an All American and you're thriving like that, and then the Kent State uh, corner, that's another one. That, I mean, he's a guy that you know probably was under recruited, has a chip on his shoulder, um, earned the right to come play at West Virginia. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I don't have a problem with those. It's kind of like the Penn State guy, the big defense lineman. I get he's a big body, but then. He has no stats. No. So the, so, the, guy, the guy from Tennessee State actually started at Kentucky. Okay, yep. And I believe we recruited him pretty hard, and he picked Kentucky over us. So he was kind of a, a semi-rebound type uh, recruit. So, Gotcha. So is that all for the portal? That's pretty much all for the portal. You know, we, there's other people we lost um, that were, you know, like Taz Austin, that, that one hurt. Yeah. He, goes to, he goes to Colorado. You know, one I just wanted to bring up because I just still, to me, can't believe this. Chris Mayo, when we got him, yeah, I thought he was going to be like the next big offensive lineman. Yeah, where did he and end he, up? He ended up at Eastern Michigan, I believe. Gosh, man, is that not? Cr- I remember him. He was a Jersey kid, right? Jersey kid, yeah. highly recruited. Almost, uh, he ended. Up, I think he was a three star, but he was almost a four star, right on the edge. Big body, look, you know, he could move and stuff. I just thought he was going to be one of the next big linemen. And I think he played, like, one game ever for us. Well, you knew it was something when they were higher on the freshman class, the true freshman class, would talk about those guys and wouldn't even talk about him anymore. I forgot he was on the roster. Yeah, they just quit talking about him completely. He got so passed up, so. Yep, that's another bust. But, you know good thing is we kept the recruiting class we get rodney gallagher we get trotter we get all these guys coming in and we kind of talked about this on the last time we did record you know there's going to be freshmen to come in and play instantly rodney's one of them trotter's probably one of them who was the other one neil brand mentioned that probably would oh uh what ray that was trailing ray yep yeah probably a good chance yeah i mean we need we need right receivers yeah just put them out there let's go i mean his job's online so and speaking of his job being online I had this as one of one of the last topics we talk about. I mean, it's pretty much a given he's going to be offense coordinator, right? He's going to go down with the ship. I, I would say, in my mind, from from the minute that happened, I never thought that he'd hire another offensive coordinator that's actually an offensive coordinator. I think that it's an uphill battle, anyways. Uh, he they missed on a couple of guys that I think he wanted to try, like Clint Trickett. I mean, when you can't get Clint to come up from Marshall because he knows that he's it, it's good a one year, to, it's a one year deal. I get it; it's an uphill battle to hire somebody, uh, and it's hard to hire somebody that knows they're just going to come in here and be a title. And he calls Neil is going to either turn this around somehow on his own, or he's going to go down with the ship next year, calling plays. And I'd rather just, him do that, to be honest with you. I, would I mean, too. I would rather him just, you know what, my whole, um, like this year, I think compared to last year, you know, this year, if we're playing Pitt at Heinz Field or at Morgantown and there's a fourth and one at midfield, his ass is going for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's no more. He knows his whole job's on the line. So I think he'd rather not get a fourth down than punt and let somebody drive 90 yards to, take the lead or tie the game on you. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Hey, where my stance is, I keep bringing this up. Um, it'll be interesting with a mobile quarterback this year. 
honestly the only what the only mobile quarterback we've had since he's been here, right? Yeah. I would you could not tell I mean I cannot tell you how frustrated I've been over the years, especially when we had Daggy. You know, it'll be interesting to see him actually run his offense with a quarterback that can run a little bit. Because I couldn't tell you how many times I watched Daggy run a quote unquote read option type RPO play where everybody knew that he was never going to tuck it and run because he couldn't. Right. So we would sit there and literally run a delayed handoff RPO where he could take the ball and tuck and run around the corner. And nobody, no DN ever looked at him. It was like we were delaying a handoff just so the DN could crash down and hit the running back because he had no fear that Deggy was going to pull and go. We ran that for three years. So what do you think, I mean, with the entire offensive line coming back, Doug Nestor announces today he's coming back, uh, Wyatt's back, Frazier's back, uh, everybody's back. You know what I mean? It's like uh, – Yeah, only one not come back is a committer. Yeah, and then he got replaced by a freshman All-American. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I just think we may be 60-40 run next year, boys, with a mobile quarterback. <laughs> Why not? I don't care. I just want to win some games. Yeah, I just – I mean, if he goes – considering we open up with Penn State, who's going to be preseason top ten, we're going to have Pitt come to Morgantown, and then we still don't have our conference schedule. I, I mean, is Oklahoma and Texas trying to go ahead and get out? Is that what the problem is? I my What I've – what little bit I've heard piecing things together, this is just my opinion and my thought. I think that they know that they're yeah, you know, they're obviously not gonna go they're gonna be in that for this fall. I think the fight is everybody knows that they're gone after this fall. And I think there's a huge fight, one in what the schedule is gonna look like the next year, and a fight with who has to play them this year. You know, who's gonna have to play them this year that doesn't have to play in the next year, and then you're rebalancing the schedule back out. And a lot of people probably just don't want to play them. Yeah. I mean, do you think, like, literally they're probably trying to send uh, Houston, uh, trying to send Texas in in there just out of spite? You know what I mean? Probably. Go, go to little brother. I dare you. you yeah, know what I mean? probably. Uh, and then because the rumor is people have supposedly already seen, seen the schedule, and supposedly we have all four of the newbies. And, guys, That's, how much easier does that schedule get if you add Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, and Houston on the schedule? I will take that all day yeah, for yeah. nine of our conference games. Yeah, and then I'll what if it. it's like Iowa State's in there and they got to – you know what I mean? So, it's like, oh, I will take it. If that's true, give me those four. And if those four are on it, you got to go to a bowl. Because you would think Kansas is going to come back down a little bit. So, but I don't know. That is what it is. Um, yeah. Last thing. Not the last thing, because then we got one more thing. I mean, <laughs> we have to talk about TCU finally getting over the hump for the Big 12, baby. Oh. Finally winning a playoff game, right? Finally. Really? I, guess I, turned, that, <laughs> I guess it was good. <laughs> How did they play <laughs> like they did and then just totally shit the bed against Georgia? Uh, Guys. 
I think Georgia would have probably beat Michigan by four or five touchdowns. But when it's a national, so when if it's when it's a national championship, and you lose by fifty-eight points, that's bad. That is horrible. I turned that's it off bad. at halftime. I, I couldn't. Think, I couldn't turn it off just because it was so bad. I fell asleep in the second quarter. Last score I saw was twenty-four-seven. That's what I was trying to tell you earlier. I fell asleep around eight fifteen, eight thirty. And uh, my wife got home a little after nine, tried to wake me up. I fell back asleep, and I didn't wake up until close to midnight. Got up. And, Bubba, uh, what'd she try to wake you up for? <laughs> <laughs> Just to tell me she was home. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I saw the score and started watching highlights on ESPN. I stayed up for about 45 minutes, and I was like, Jesus. I mean, that, that, that is really embarrassing. Uh, uh, your starting quarterback's not supposed to get the curtain call at the beginning of the fourth quarter of a national championship. No. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, they got over that hump and then they completely, I mean, it was bad boys. I mean, they couldn't it could, stop. It them. literally could not have been worse. No, no, no. I mean, that's how bad you beat like your FBS opening opponent. And they won the national championship like that. I just think George is like, you know, there's funny things come out of that with David Pollock saying they run college football now and, you know, Saban's giving Saban. him the side eye. <laughs> oh, you, you, could, you could tell Saban wanted to just rip his head off. <laughs> so, you know, it was a great – I mean, it really was. That that stuff was kind of what took president. You know, you got Georgia literally going to some of the box suites. Their starters are getting food during the game and eating on the sideline. Yeah. So, but, yep. So, last topic, boys. Are you ready? Is this the worst – should I say worst or lowest time of Mountaineer sports as far as football and basketball ever? Ever? And the or maybe just since we've been alive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I would say since I can remember, because I think there were some times in the early 80s where basketball was bad for a long time. And football is just kind of blah that you could probably say is worse. Yeah. Well, but it, I wasn't it, in the early 80s, so I couldn't <laughs> say anything about that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, cause it, but in, my, in, in the times that I remember, usually the football was good enough or basketball was good enough or good that it's probably not this bad. But I guarantee there are times where it was worse as a whole, yeah, they, not, during, not during my fandom. They've never been this low during our – both of them combined. I mean, now you just realize how freaking spoiled we were when Rich Rod had this thing rolling, Beeline had it rolling, then Hugs comes in. You know what I mean? We were just oh, spoiled yeah. there for a little bit. You boys. just got to remember I'm a little older than you, so I remember pre-Rich Rod. And pre- I do too. <laughs> Even like I remember being a kid and people being like, if Neyland runs the draw one more time. But, man, yeah. you know, Neyland had a couple of down years, but we were – we were going to play defense. We were, you know what I'm saying? We were oh, in. Oh, yeah. It's just, this is bad, boys. It's bad. Yeah, we, just right had, we just had some really bad years during Catlett. <laughs> yeah. Catlett was, the fact that that man kept the job for so long in the A-10 is amazing to me. But, you know, I, I think it's as bad as, it, as it's been, obviously, in our lifetime. So, hopefully, something starts to turn around and, you know, we're going to be back on, start recording every week again. Even if we got to do drafts and all that stuff, but got my dad set up in the office. Need to get some furniture in there, though. Yeah, need to get some furniture. Uh, 
we're about to have to order some new mics. Those mics that are three years old and have made several trips to Cabell Midland High School and Geno's. I think the wear and tear of doing that has taken its toll. So our mics are cutting out. That's why we did it on the phone tonight. Yep. But you hey. boys need an excuse to we we need that weekly excuse to hang out. That's right. I need it. So all right, guys. Well, until next week. Sorry. Oh, Bubba's ending the podcast with Louie. Hey, it's it's past my bedtime. I'm going to end it with the WVU baseball school. Hey, right now we are. (laughs) (laughs) All right, later, guys. Later.